At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 645th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today is Farmer Friday, a quick gardening tidbit. Each episode will feature less than 10 minutes of essential content for your growing success. Today, we're talking with Alyssa Brodsky about how to start composting for your neighbors. Welcome, Alyssa. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I am so excited because we're talking about maybe the beginnings of community composting? Yes, exactly. The beginnings of community composting. People might wonder why would you want to compost for your neighbors? A home compost pile is almost too much to manage yourself. You haven't seen success. But composting for your neighbors actually can provide you more success than just composting for yourself. A higher quantity of food scraps actually builds mm. a hotter pile, a faster moving pile. So you'll be able to produce compost on a more regular schedule uh-huh. uh, as, as opposed to probably a lot of people experience composting for themselves. They spend a whole year building up all their food scraps and they don't really yes. see the compost that comes out of it. Right. And so you might say, I haven't successfully composted, but actually you need the right tools, the right things to include in your compost pile to produce a nice, rich compost. And that's on top of, you know, the better environmental impact that you'll make because you're re- uh, diverting your neighbor's food scraps from the landfill and the potential income that you could make by charging them a, a oh. fee for your, for your processing of their food scraps. Yeah. Oh, that's a smart way of going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Composting for your neighbors has a lot of opportunities. And the first thing that you really want to think about when you start composting for your neighbors is what are the considerations of your neighborhood and the jurisdiction you live in? So mm-hmm. there might be mm-hmm. zoning policies that prohibit you from processing food scraps that weren't generated on site. There's, for example, in an unincorporated county of San Diego, you're not allowed to process food scraps that aren't generated on site. So that really? will prohibit you from, from, from starting that. Yeah. So you definitely need to look into the zoning policy of your jurisdiction to see if you can process food scraps that weren't generated off site. If there's any exclusive franchise agreement with a waste hauler that would prevent you from processing food scraps that are generated by your neighbors, or maybe anything that would prevent a small business from operating out of your home. Those are the three reasons that you might not be able to process food scraps. Right. But once you're able to determine if you're allowed to, to process food scraps, then you can get started collecting food scraps from your neighbors. Wow. Well, and I've said for years that if all you have is the food scraps from your kitchen, you don't have enough to compost. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's, it's difficult that way. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, So that's step one. Make sure that you can actually legally do it. Exactly. And then the next step is what method are you going to use to collect those food scraps? So I work for Food to Soil, a decentralized composting collective here in San Diego. And the method that we use to collect our food scraps is 
really great. I don't want to toot our horn, but it is very, <laughs> very clean. Uh-huh. And it allows you to be processing the food scraps easily. There's not bags. A lot of people get bags from their neighbors or get bags dropped off. And that can get kind of gross because food starts decomposing. So let me tell you how we process our food scraps. And you can learn from us how you might want to, too. So we have two methods of collecting food scraps. One is a drop-off hub where basically you have two 32-gallon carts. These are small, smaller than your normal garbage can carts. And one is full of mulch and one is empty. And as people drop off their food scraps loose, they layer mulch on top of it using the second cart. This mixes your greens and browns together, as well as stopping any unwanted smell or bugs from coming from the compost. And so these carts are locked. They're both locked shut and locked to something. So that way they don't get, you know, rustled around or any other trash thrown in them. And so the people who are dropping off food scraps to you get that code to the lock and they drop off their food scraps, cover it with mulch. And then once a week, you process those food scraps just by dumping it. And it's already mixed with your greens and browns. So you don't have to do too much mixing of other materials. And that's how you process your food scraps. Wow. And where are you getting? So there's greens and browns. There's this whole greens and browns conversation. You got to have 30% greens, 70% browns or so. Where are the browns coming from? Yeah, the brown is the mulch, and the mulch is delivered, dropped off by landscaping companies who are uh. looking to get rid of the trees that they've cut down. They've 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 chipped them up, and they you can usually find a landscaping company that's looking to drop off their mulch on Chip Drop. That's a that's an app that allows yep. you to sign up for a chip drop a drop of mulch, and that's going to be a huge dump. So make sure that you have enough space for it as well as maybe if you don't have enough space for it, you can find another person who had a chip drop and you can go collect that mulch from them. You know what? I was just on chip drops website yesterday and you know what they've done? They actually have a community area that you can now post, hey, I have wood chips, come and get them or... Ah, that's awesome. I need wood chips so you can go get a wheelbarrow load or buckets and stuff. So, right? That is really cool. That's really cool. That's great because that is a lot of mulch to handle all at once when you yeah. do get the drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's great because it's a free option as well as it's a great substance to put in your in your compost because it will hold a lot. Mulch can hold a lot of moisture, and so uh, you can ease the amount of water that you need to add by having mulch in your compost pile. Right. Wow, cool. All right, so then what's the next step? The next the next way that you can collect is with uh, five-gallon buckets. And th- this might be the easier-to-entry way to collect food scraps from your neighbors. But basically, you get two five-gallon buckets. One's full of mulch and one is empty. And you layer the food scraps with the mulch as you fill it up. You put your food scrap in, you cover it with mulch, and then when that's full, then that's when your neighbor will bring that five-gallon bucket to you. Mm. And so that is easy they can keep the five gallon buckets outside of their outside of their house or their apartment and it's really easy to collect and once again it's already mixed with your greens and browns so this is another method that is easy to get people into and at food soil we charge people to drop off those five gallon buckets and that is the, the cheaper way for people to drop off is uh, five bucks for a five gallon bucket oh nice right well that works all right so now you've got this compost going, you've, we found our woody mulch, we got our greens, we got people involved. What happens next? So you might not have enough space in like a small soil saver compost bin, or it's a little awkward to turn. We have started using, or we've always been using the Smart Stack compost bin. And you can look at our website, www.foodtosoil.net, for 
images of the smart stack and the design. But basically, it's square frames that sit on top of each other that are easily moved from one pile to a net, the next, and you can easily turn your pile and manage those piles. And so we really recommend using the smart stack as your compost bin for larger quantities like community composting or composting for your neighbors. Uh-huh. Uh, there's also on our website, and then I'm not trying to over-promote us here, but it's a no, great way to good. get started. Bring it's, it in. Uh, <laughs> Neighborhood Composting 101 course. It's available through Food to Soil. It's an online course as well as has an in-person option if you do choose. And it can teach you the basics of starting a compost at a larger scale than just your backyard composting. So I do recommend taking our Neighborhood Composting 101 course and checking out the the compost bins that we have on our website, the Smart Stacks. Cool. So that website is foodnumeral2soil.net, foodtosoil.net. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Okay. So compost happens. Then what do you do with what's left over? Yeah. Well, you know, what's left over is beautiful, rich compost. Once you've turned it, you let it cure, it's uh, ready to sift and you sift it, then you can incorporate that into your garden. And what's great is that by having this larger amount of food scraps coming through, you're going to have a year-round supply of compost that you can continuously add to your garden. You can offer to your neighbors if they want it. You can add it to the basins of your trees. There's a lot of ways to use compost and enrich the life in your soil. Nice. And I'm on uh, foodtosoil.net right now, and they have pictures of the Smart Stack compost bin. How cool is this? Yeah, it's really easy to use, super ergonomic. You know, some of our soil farmers here at Food to Soil are, are in their 70s and the smart stack is easy to use, you know, so you don't need to break your back composting. This is a lifelong journey is composting. So make right. sure you use a compost bin that is is ergonomic and, and, and also looks quite nice. So, and it looks like these smart stack bins, the, the finished compost falls out the bottom. No, the finished compost is all together. Oh, so is it? You, okay. What, once you cure your pile, the whole pile has become, has become your finished compost. Nice. At, at, at a larger scale, you don't need to separate the bottom from the top. You have a full pile that will, will cure all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just use uh, welded wire fencing in a big circle, about a four-foot diameter circle. Oh, yeah, that's great. Cylinder. That you know, also, I just, also works. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I actually collect food waste from a restaurant here. I get five to ten buckets a week from a, a restaurant. Oh, wow. That's, so. that's great. And, and so you build once a week? More or less. I mean, some weeks I miss it, but then it's just breaking down in the bucket and it becomes a, you know, a smelly slush that goes on top of the pile next week. Oh, cool. And well, I, if I could recommend adding mulch as you're, as you're oh, I do. Um, filling up. Oh, they do. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's great. Oh, yeah, I do. It's uh, a layer of, a couple layers of mulch and, and then a couple layers of kitchen scraps. And before we know it, we have enough compost that I don't have to buy compost for my quarter acre anymore. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> that, that's something to be proud of. And there's one more thing that I don't want to look past. And that is the beautiful community building process that's going on here. Tell us about that. Oh, of course. So that's the best part of community composting and composting for your neighbors is you really build a community uh, around environmental awareness, around food growing, around sharing knowledge. I can't tell you how many conversations I have just learning from people who are dropping off their food scraps, what they do for the environment. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of these people, a lot of people are interested in, in environmental work, they already do environmental work, and this is one spot for people to come together and discuss and share ideas. 
And so by accepting food scraps from your neighbors, you really get to interact with people that you might not have interacted with before. Right. And it can it's really enrich into your life, uh, especially during this this pandemic. It's a it's a way for people to interact in a safe way that's still enriching and, and fun. Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. No, oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell me, how can people find you if they want to connect with you? And tell me a little bit about Food to Soil. Yeah, sure. So Food to Soil, Food Number 2 Soil, is a decentralized composting collective here in San Diego where we have drop-off locations and processing locations spread throughout San Diego uh, where people can drop off their food scraps and it's also processed. We say eat local, rot local. You know, everyone's really focused on eating local, but let's also keep those nutrients in in, um, in the city and in the neighborhoods that they're being generated in. Yeah. So uh, Food to Soil is a collective of all different types of people, all from from chefs to composters to people who live in apartments who want to who want to bring their food scraps somewhere. So you can find Food to Soil at www.foodtosoil.net. You can email us at info at foodtosoil.net and just reach out if you're interested. Even if you don't live in San Diego, we're definitely happy to extend the Food to Soil network outside of San Diego. So if you feel so compelled, please reach out to us and uh, see if there's any way that we can help collaborate. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for your work, for your enthusiasm, and for your, I was going to say the S word, but for your compost. (laughs) Compost happens. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org, Or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule, and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.